Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It is a silver linings edition, but a valiant effort from the Hornets last night. Falling in the Bay Area 130 to 121, despite being shorthanded, they played all the way to the wire against a very good Golden State team that was certainly motivated. We'll break down the effort, talk about some key pieces from the loss, and look ahead to next contest on this six-game Western Conference road trip in Sacramento. Also, going to talk about how LaMelo stacked up against two of not just the greatest point guards of this era, but of all time. Because last two games, the Hornets have gone against Chris Paul and the Suns, and now Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors. How did LaMelo do? How do his numbers compare with some of the great point guards in the history of the game? And finally, we're approaching the All-Star break. No Hornet has made the All-Star game yet. There's already been a couple additions to the rosters, and while there was one in the Eastern Conference that went to Demonis Sabonis, very deserving, there's still obviously a chance the Hornets could get one if there is some more spots opening up on the roster. We'll see. But there are other competitions to be had. Who would we like to see compete in those? To talk about all of these topics, we've got, once again, on the Hornets Hivecast, Wesley Robinson. He is the Hornets social media associate. Wes, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, unfortunately, it's a definitely uh, a silver lining show, but we can definitely have some things that we can take from this game and look forward to during this finish of the West Coast trip. Let's get right into it. A 130-121 to 121 loss to Golden State. Several players, I thought, had solid games. Uh, P.J. Washington's one that really stands out to me, a double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds. He kind of flies under the radar. I know, you know, Terry Rozier had a good game. This is not to say that he had the best game of anyone or that others did not have good games. Terry Rozier scored a lot of points. LaMelo Ball had a great effort start to finish out there. You know, a lot of players contributed, but P.J. Washington's flown under the radar. If his numbers aren't good, it draws a lot of attention from a lot of people, and I don't know why. But I think he needs to get a lot of credit for the caliber of play he's had. Last four games, he's had a double-digit effort in each and every one of them. He's shot north of 50% from three over the last four games. If the goal for him moving forward is for him to be a stretch four, small ball five who can hit the three, he is really growing into that role nicely. And again, they're not eye-popping numbers, but they're pretty impressive. And when he was on the floor last night, 29 minutes, Team was a plus 19. So he's impacting winning, I think, and deserves some credit. Obviously, again, the Twitter trolls, they, they find him when his numbers aren't good. His numbers have been good. I haven't heard anyone on Twitter talk about P.J. Washington, so I'm going to vouch for him. He's my silver lining from last night's game. Who have you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Malik Monk, who's coming off another 25-point game. He's the third player in franchise history to have back-to-back 25-point games as a reserve. And it's himself and Del Curry. And he's also coming into this game, he was sixth in three-point percentages, and he had five threes tonight. And remember, this is a guy who pretty much didn't have a lot of minutes going into the season, coming into the season early on, and pretty much had to sit and watch. And it just seemed like once he once he got into the game, he was just a firecracker that just blew up and was ready to go. And he's really starting to trust his teammates and be able to find – great shots around the floor so that he can be be productive 
on the offensive end while we're still missing Devontae Graham with the outside shooting that he's provided for us now. Monk, behind the back dribble, creates some space, fade away, three is good, drop it in, Malik Monk. His third three of the game, he remains hot from distance and the Hornets have reclaimed the lead, 40 to 39, timeout taken by Golden State. Malik Monk staying hot, he is top 10 in the NBA in three-point percentage and just to make sure Shaquille O'Neal knows, his first name is Malik. Malik, it's not Eli Monk. Did you catch that one the other night on TNT? Oh, definitely. And and we had to play with it on social a little bit. We had to make sure that Shaq knows that his name is Malik. And if you don't know him now, well, you need to get to know him because he's top 10 and he's lighting it up in the league right now. I can't get mad at Shaq. Those guys are just the best. Even when they're, you know, like, I don't know who these people are. It's still funny. It's still entertaining. They're, they're just the best. But, hey. <laughs> Learn Malik Monk's name already, okay? He's top 10 in the association in three-point percentage and and playing some great basketball. We will keep an eye on him moving forward because he did leave the game. It looked like he might have knocked knees, or at least they were looking at his right leg. Obviously, the Hornets can't take too many more injuries here. They were without Cody Zeller, out with a hip injury from last night's game. Once again, no Devontae Graham, third straight game. He's missed with a knee, and from a variety of ailments, he's missed, I think, six of the last eight games. I mean, it's been a long run of misfortune for the Hornets here, and I think that's something important to keep in mind in the context of this game. You never want to give away games, and to their credit, the Hornets coaching staff, the Hornets players, they never gloss over games or say, you know, that this one was just not going to happen. They're going out there trying to come up with a game plan with the players available to them to attack every game and come away with the W. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do, and they do it very well. But it's important when we're looking back at these games and back at the season to look at it with some context. And the context of this one last night, Wes, the Hornets were shorthanded down Devontae Graham, who, when he is back with this team, and they're at full strength, my goodness, the scoring power they're going to have between the first and second units, adding a great scoring guard to Malik Monk off that second unit. It's just going to make him that much deeper. But they were without him again last night, no Cody Zeller, playing a Warriors team that, with the exception of Klay Thompson, has all the pieces that that organization really feels they need to be a title contender. I think everyone in the Bay Area thinks that if Klay Thompson were healthy right now, that this would be a team that could contend for an NBA championship. And they might be right. I mean, it might be a little early on Wiseman contributing to that caliber of team, but they're not too far off. So this is a very good Warriors team. Plus, they were super motivated coming off what their coach Steve Kerr called a devastating loss to the level that he has rarely experienced as a head coach. And yet the Hornets still pushed them to the wire. So while there, there's, you know, you're always going to be able to look back and say, oh, could this have gone better or that, it's important to view the game through some context and say, you know what, they were shorthanded without their starting center, without a key piece off the bench. The other team added the greatest shooter in the history of basketball to an opponent lineup, plus their two bigs, and the Hornets still were right there playing to the end, having the game in single digits. This is a championship team for sure. I mean, they they have a a great coach and arguably, I believe, the best shooter in NBA history and Stephen Curry, who they were without on the time that we did beat them. So, And it seemed like Draymond Green in the postgame interview when the other night when they won their game, he bet, he definitely had this game circling on his calendar after things went down the way it did, uh, him receiving the tech at the end of the game and losing to a buzzer beater. So they were definitely motivated coming into this game and adding the Hall of Fame shooter that they added in Curry. 
and Weissman and Looney as well. It offered a lot of size in the paint that disrupted a lot of things that we like to do that we're always comfortable with or with our offense. It messed up a lot of our passing lanes that we're ranked top five in assists, so we're not able to get up the floor and be able to, you know, distribute the ball like we want to and run our system comfortably, then we're going to run into troubles like this uh, on a nightly basis. You're right about the top five in assists for the Hornets. They used to be top two or three in assists, and I think those have come down pretty precipitously since Devontae Grant's been out, but that's a story for another podcast. The addition of Steph Curry certainly made all the difference. This is an entirely different Warriors team. P.J. Washington, after the game, talked about the difference that the greatest shooter of all time, Charlotte's own Stephen Curry, makes to the game. I think for him, he's just, I mean, he, he draws so much attention. You can't leave him open. You can't forget about him on uh, when he's off the ball. He scores at a very high clip. He shoots the ball at a very high level. So he brings so much attention that it opens the floor for everybody else in this team. And that's why guys like Draymond Green have assist numbers like that. Everybody's cutting. Everybody's playing off of his uh, moving on the offensive end. So it's definitely hard to guard when you're worried about an elite player like that. I think that's pretty much on the nose there. Uh, you know, scoring just gets a lot easier. One good example, I think, is Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre had almost the exact same stat line from Game 1 against the Hornets to Game 2. Game 1, the loss, he had 25 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist. Game 2, he had 27 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. In Game 1, he shot 47% from the field. In Game 2, he shot 73% from the field. So... Shots get easier when Stephen Curry is out there on the floor attracting a lot of attention, and it helped the Warriors get some revenge on the Hornets last night. 130-121 to was the final score. Hornets take the loss. They fall to 15-17 and on the season, and it's amazing, Wes, what a difference a game can make. Had they won that one, the Hornets would have been 500 and in fourth place, basically, in the Eastern Conference. But with the loss, they fall to 15-17, and they're now in a tie for ninth, essentially 10th place. So a lot can change night to night. Hornets will hope to have a better night on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. Much more to come here on the Hornets Hivecast. We'll continue to talk about last night's game and the first ever head-to-head meeting on the floor between LaMelo Ball and Stephen Curry. How did LaMelo fare? We'll talk about that next on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Hornets fell to the Golden State Warriors last night, 130 to 121. Sam Farber, Wesley Robinson, Hornets social media associate with you here today on the Hornets Hivecast. And Wes, uh, last night, LaMelo Ball, I think effort-wise, had one of his best games of the season. That's really saying something because he goes pedal to the metal each and every night, 22 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, going head-to-head with a player that people have compared him to since he was 14 years old. He's always had elements of Stephen Curry to his game, between the handle, between the fearless shooting, and you look at him stat line for stat line with Stephen Curry last night. Curry goes for 29 points on 8 of 15 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. LaMelo Ball... 22 points, 7 of 16 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Curry, 4 boards, 9 assists, ball, 7 boards, 6 assists. I mean, it's uncanny how close we're talking here for a 19-year-old rookie compared to arguably one of the top 10 players in the history of the game and in many people's estimations, 
the greatest shooter ever to live. Maybe LaMelo Ball was playing with Stephen Curry in NBA 2K for many years. So the fact that he now gets to face this guy after playing him and playing against him in the video games for so many years, and for his first time seeing him, he, he did not back down at all. He was in double figures in the first quarter and basically was just taking it to them. And you can see that Golden State pretty much had to change their game plan. And they probably focused more on Gordon Haywood and Terry Rozier to make sure that those guys don't really get hot. But it was LaMelo Ball, the 19-year-old rookie who was carrying the Hornets for the first half. And they really had to make adjustments around him to make sure that they could pretty much contain him. But... Watching LaMelo Ball is just so much fun every night. Regardless if he's not having a good game shooting from three or if he's struggling from the field, he always finds other ways to contribute to the game, whether that's pass, dishing out assists or crashing the boards to be able to help. And that's very effective for us while we're still missing Cody Zeller and we were missing P.J. Washington for some time. So the fact that we can rely on Melo to contribute on the, in, in games no matter what in, in so many different areas across the floor at 19 years old. You would think that's a lot of pressure for him, but he's handling it pretty well. LaMelo overall in the season, the numbers, extremely impressive, roughly 15 points, six boards, six assists a game. But when you focus it down to just what he's done as a starter, he's averaging 19.7 points per game, six rebounds, six assists, and he's shooting 44% from the field and 40% from three, all while the Hornets are 500, six and six, on the floor with him as the starting point guard. After last night's game, James Borrego had this to say about his rookie, LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo's playing well. You know, he's impacting the game. And look, I, I see his imprint all over the game. He's getting better every single night. The numbers are impressive, but I like the way he's playing. You know, he's trying to play the right way. He's getting better. He's making winning plays. Obviously, I, I got to watch the film tonight and see where we can improve as a group. But this is what we should, you know, get accustomed to, to seeing out of LaMelo. But, you know, whatever the defense gives him, he's got to take. He can't press. And I think he's doing that in general. So and he's 19 years old, which is a good thing. You know, he's 19 years old having this sort of impact on our team and on the league in general. So good for the Hornets. Certainly is. Wes, we'll talk about just how good the numbers are in a moment. But this is back-to-back games very specifically against two legends. Chris Paul the other night against Phoenix and now Stephen Curry, living legends who are very much in their prime. Watching LaMelo Ball go head-to-head with both of them, what are your thoughts? It's amazing. He was able to score 20 points. Normally, in a situation like that, they're really trying to fill the game out and make sure that they're fulfilling the game plan more and not less on a takeover situation. But LaMelo Ball did not back down from either one of these point guards. These guys are definitely first ballot Hall of Famers. And LaMelo Ball can take a lot from them. But I've said it early on, uh, early in the year on the podcast, that LaMelo Ball just seems like a guy who's been here already. He's been training up to this point. He's always listening to the coaching staff to make sure that he's always improving and looking for the next time that he can contribute to a game. And he's always looking for his teammates and taking great open looks, you know. And it seemed like he he kind of has an ability to be able to pace himself throughout the game to see where and when he can shoot and where he can contribute and, and start attacking. And he's just a, a great guy to be around. So, don't don't let the smile fool you. He's definitely in attack mode against a lot of veteran point guards across the league. Let's compare the numbers as a starter. I broke this down, and it's very impressive 
what LaMelo is doing compared to some other greats. So we'll focus this down to just as a starter, because even though he was playing starter minutes before, maybe it's just more impressive that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm cheating a little bit. But in any case, let's just give you the starters numbers. So 12 games as a starter, decent sample size. That's roughly a month. He's averaged 19.7 points per game, six rebounds, six assists, shooting 44% from the field, 40% from three. And the team is six and six. So a 500 record. If you compare that to last year's team and extrapolated it throughout the season, it would be roughly in a normal year, a 12 win improvement. So impressive stuff from LaMelo Ball. Comparing him to Chris Paul's rookie season, which was with the New Orleans Hornets. Chris Paul is a rookie. Averaged 16 points per game, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, shot 43% from the field, 28% from deep, and his team had a 20-win improvement from the prior season. The best player Chris Paul played with back then was David West, who made a couple of All-Star games, really solid player. But Chris Paul was certainly, you know, the impactful rookie then, a 20-plus win over the previous season. Didn't score as much again as LaMelo, Shot the ball a little worse from three than LaMelo Ball, who everyone who was a critic of him prior to the draft said the three-point shot's the problem. Well, he's shooting better than Chris Paul did as a rookie. I think, you know, the numbers are are fairly on par with a guy who is one of the greatest surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, who's one of the greatest point guards in the history of the game. I saw a stat on uh, ESPN Stats and Info uh, Twitter page. Some trolls just seemed like it was a bit of a reach, but it was an interesting stat that LaMelo Ball is averaging 18-7-7 and per 36 minutes this season. The only qualified rookie to finish with those numbers was the great Oscar Robinson in the 1960-61 season. So the fact that LaMelo Ball gets to now add his name to a guy like Oscar Robinson in his rookie year, this is making it even more sweeter with the Chris Paul-LaMelo comparison. There's another player I would compare him to that has 18-7-7 from his rookie season, Magic Johnson. Rookie year with the Lakers. It wasn't over 36 minutes, so this is just his game numbers. 18.7 rebounds, 7 assists, so slightly better numbers than LaMelo has. He shot 53% from the field, 22% from deep, so better overall from the field, worse from three. His team improved by 13 wins from the prior season. So roughly on par with what LaMelo has done so far. But you also have to throw in the fact that Magic Johnson, his rookie season, played on a 60-win Lakers team that had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So the caliber of teammates that Magic Johnson had, he had arguably one of the top three greatest players in the history of the game. And in many people's estimation, it's not that arguable. I wouldn't say it's arguable. He is one of the—Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is— one of the greatest players in the history of the game, and that's who Magic Johnson had the benefit of as a rookie. And the numbers are better, but are they that much better? I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of company LaMelo is keeping. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the the number one scoring leader in NBA history. I mean, I'm not sure if we'll ever see anyone be able to uh, eclipse that number uh, just yet. I mean, uh, you got LeBron James going, but that's the kind of the caliber player that, like you said, Magic Johnson is playing with. And LaMelo's playing with, you know, a great team, but it's not a guy like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scoring 38,000 points in his career. So it's just a true testament of this coaching staff that they're putting a, they're investing a lot in, in LaMelo and he trusts the system and they trust him 
to know that he's going to be the uh, the guy that we need down the stretch who can also help and assist and open things up for people like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier and even P.J. Washington as well so that you can see a lot of his numbers and Miles Bridges, their numbers uh, increase when LaMelo's on the floor. One more player to compare rookie number to rookie numbers with. Again, LaMelo Ball as a starter right now averaging 19.7 points per game, six rebounds, six assists, 44% for the field, 40% from deep. Stephen Curry, rookie year with the Warriors, 17 points per game, four and a half rebounds per game, six assists per game, 46% from the field, 43% from beyond the arc. So the shooting percentages were a little bit better than LaMelo Balls have been so far for the greatest shooter in the history of the game. But the scoring average, the rebounding average, better slightly for LaMelo. So again, this is the kind of company he's keeping. These are the kinds of impactful all-time great players that the stats are comparable to for now. And that's not to say they will be forever. The work has to be put in, and LaMelo has done it so far and then some. But that's the kind of company he's keeping, and it, it you know that, that's the context that these numbers occur in. My favorite term that I like to use on social to describe LaMelo is that he's not your average rookie. And I'm not saying he's the greatest rookie of all time, and this is no disrespect to Weissman or Edwards. Those guys are playing phenomenal. But it just seemed like we have something special with LaMelo that fits just right and everything that we need that's perfect with this team. And we're only 30-some games in, but I'm excited to see him have a long, fun career. And I'm also looking forward. I don't want to fast forward 15, 20 years later, but I would love to see what his numbers finish up with some of the greats in the NBA history. It'll be a lot of fun watching him go there. So far through one year, the numbers are pretty favorable compared with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, even the great Oscar Robertson. Mellow ball off to a good start. Hornets did fall last night to the Golden State Warriors. Record drops to 15-17. and 17. Three more games until the All-Star break as the team continues this Western Conference road trip. And we're going to talk about the All-Star break. There's some festivities that the Hornets are potentially going to be a part of. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Third and final segment of the HHC, Sam Farber, Wesley Robinson, Hornet Social Media Associate with you here today on the Hornets Hivecast. And Wes, we're heading towards the All-Star break. So far, no Hornet has been put on the roster, depending on if players are unable to go, there certainly seems to be a chance that either Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier could make the team. They seem to be on that bubble. I would imagine they got to be getting close to the next man up if a spot were to open up, and hopefully everyone stays healthy from this point on. And quite honestly, the Hornets, just like every other team in the NBA in this rapid-fire season, could use the rest. But some players are going to go to Atlanta and be a part of the All-Star festivities and not play in the game. They'll either participate in the Skills Challenge, the three-point contest, or the Slam Dunk Contest. From what I've heard, announcements for that are pending. And pending means they could come fairly soon, more likely to come at some point early next week. But when they come, there's a good chance a Hornet or two could make it. So I wanted to ask Wes, we'll, we'll go competition by competition, which Hornet would you most like to see in each competition? 
Sound good? Sounds good. Let's start with the skills challenge, and I've got a pick in particular. I wonder if you can guess who I might be thinking of, Wes. Hmm, I think he. Uh, I think he wears number two. I think he's a rookie in the game. Uh, start uh, rhymes with the name call. Lamelo, sizing up Looney, fakes the step back three. Instead drives. He throws it off the window. Good for two. Anything Steph Curry can do. Lamelo ball seems to repeat. You are correct, Wes, and the reason I picked that highlight is because the extension of the call comparing him to Stephen Curry, that's pretty comparable when it comes to the skills competition because Curry won the skills competition back in 2011. So I would love to see LaMelo Ball go to the skills competition. I think it would be a lot of fun. 2011, Steph Curry was, I think, 23 at the time, so a little bit older than LaMelo Ball is now, but nonetheless, it would be a lot of fun to see him go there. Is that your pick as well? Definitely. That's my pick as well, and that's a great comparison. And to I almost forgot that Stephen Curry won that 10 years ago at, at a very young age, so it'll definitely be something that Melo, if he can not only participate but win the competition, that he'll win it just earlier before Stephen Curry did, so... That'll be something that he can definitely hang on his shoulders going forward. And the Hornets have never had a skills challenge winner, too. So that would be that'd be fun to see them get someone who's certainly capable of winning it go to the dance, so to speak. Let's go to the three-point contest. Who's your pick for the three-point contest? It'll be his first time participating, but I definitely want to see Malik Monk participating. He, I mean, he's lighting it up this season. He's shooting very well from the three-point range, ranking top 10 in three-point percentage. So I definitely want to see him have the opportunity to participate and see what he has. I like the pick. I've got no argument with it. Malik is deserving. It would be a nice showcase for him in particular, you know, being, being a contract year and all. You'd love to see him continue to get some more love, make sure that, you know, he can go meet with Shaq and introduce himself so he doesn't keep calling him Eli. We love Shaq. We love that segment, too. It was a lot of fun. But still, yeah. it, it, would be, it would be fun to see. My pick for it, if it's not Malik, it'd be Terry Rozier. Rozier is shot similarly well from three going into last night's game he was 13th in the NBA in three-point percentage and he was 11th in made threes on the season he was at 98 at that point and he eclipsed 100 after last night so I think Terry Rozier would be an excellent addition to the three-point shooting competition and hey if they both got to go I really like the Hornets' chances to end the uh, franchise drought in the three-point competition because Charlotte hasn't won that one either yet. Definitely. That gives us another opportunity to be able to uh, get some more, like you said, recognition uh, with our franchise and definitely add something that we can definitely hang on our franchise banner. I would love to see it. Finally, there's one other. There is the slam dunk competition. And I think I know who you want to send there, but I'll ask anyways. Who do you feel would be in the slam dunk competition? I'm going with Mr. Sky Miles Bridges. I had the pleasure of watching him in 2019, his rookie year, participating at the 2019 Charlotte NBA All-Star Weekend. You could tell he was a little nervous as a rookie. I mean, having that much attention, being on a national stage. But I know the first dunk, he just had to get some jitters out. And the last two dunks he did was phenomenal. He even scored a 50 with the Larry Johnson jersey and had the style with the with the gold tooth on the side as well. With some, he added some style points to it. So I think this time he'll be much more prepared and ready going in his third season. And honestly, I mean, I, I'm a little biased here, but to me, 
he's been the best Showtime game dunker in the NBA this season. I haven't seen anybody that comes close to Miles Bridges. And one thing I would love to see, and a lot of people like to play off of our team, is the, the connection between him and Ball. So maybe there's a dunk where LaMelo Ball can actually actually throw and assist the alley hoop to Miles Bridges so he can add to the Airbnb con- uh, connection. You stole the thought out of my head because that's what I was thinking. I'd love to see them both go. The <laughs> Airbnb connection would be a lot of fun. Miles Bridges did end a drought for Charlotte going back to 2010. That was the last time Charlotte sent someone to the dunk contest, period. But we've never had a winner. The closest that has ever come was a second-place finish. That belongs to Larry Johnson in 1992. That's the closest Charlotte's ever come to a slam dunk contest win. All told, there have been seven different players from Charlotte who have gone to the slam dunk competition. I'm going to give you some guesses. I want to see how many you can get because you are a Charlotte basketball historian. You know the franchise well. You're not on Google, are you? You're not Googling this? No, not at all. No Google cheating. I did a quiz with Diana Biffle a couple weeks ago, and she did very well in the match game with JB. So this is Charlotte basketball random trivia quiz. Seven players have worn a Charlotte uniform and gone to the slam dunk competition. How many can Wes name? We're starting at a baseline. So even ones you've named or I've named so far, you can count. So go for it. How many can you get? Miles Bridges. Yes, that's one. Aaron Davis. Yes. Ricky Davis. Yes. Gerald Wallace. Yes. Larry Johnson. Yes. And two more. Um, yeah, I can only do five. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Block or charge? Oh, Rex Chapman. Yes. Oh my God. Rex Chapman, if you're listening, please forgive me. You're still my guy. We still love you in Charlotte. It just slipped my mind. <laughs> There's Rick one Chapman. left. Yeah. There's one left. I got to make you take a guess. If you get it, you've won Hornets Hivecast for life. You get to come on every <laughs> – tell you what, if you get this – you get to come on every single time the Hornets play on the West Coast from here to eternity. That's your prize. Oh, man, I definitely would enjoy that. Um, <laughs> if I had to think about it. Uh... <laughs> say any name. Just call, say a name. This uh, let me see. Let me see. Kendall Gill. Wow! Yeah. Did you did, did you Google that? Kendall Gill? It was Kendall Gill. Oh. I mean, I remember in the 90s that Kendall Gill had a reputation of being a great dunker, especially in the game. So I just went with the most athletic guy in the 90s. Unbelievable. You got them all. Wow. Rex wow. Chapman, Kendall Gill, Larry Johnson, who finished second in 1992, Ricky Davis, Baron Davis, Gerald Wallace, and Miles Bridges, the all-time competitors list from Charlotte in the slam dunk contest. I am extremely impressed well done, Wesley Robinson. Wow. You get to be on the Hornets Hivecast every time we have to record it after 2 a.m. from now on. Definitely. I got to let the team know. I, I'm going to brag about this for sure with the team. Obviously, they're all listening to the Hornets Hivecast daily, so they should know at some point today, right? Oh, yeah, they'll definitely know. So we'll definitely be uh, discussing this as everybody's listening to it in the chat.
I am extremely impressed, Wesley Robinson. Thank you for dazzling us with your Charlotte basketball trivia knowledge. Remind me to put you on my team for any trivia competitions from here on out. (laughs) Definitely. I'm a good luck charm, especially with the Charlotte uh, franchise. We appreciate the time and uh, you joining us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Join us tomorrow. We will have a preview of Hornets and Kings. LaMelo Ball versus Tyrese Halliburton. A lot of people have put those two at the top of the rookie class and the rookie ladder at different points. We'll see them go head-to-head for the first time, and we'll have the preview for you tomorrow on the Hornets Hivecast. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. And in the words of LaMelo Ball... Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.